Glory, 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 glory to the Lord God Almighty. Peace and mercy to all of you. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, truly, our God is worthy to be praised. Uh, even in the midst of our trials, our tribulations, times of grief, times of tragedy, times of pain, uh, we can turn to our God who is able to help us and strengthen us uh, to endure the trials and the tribulations we shall face. Uh, this morning, we're going to talk about how we don't want to let our anger get the best of us. Uh, there's times that things will happen to us, things will come against us, uh, things that we might be responsible for and some things that we are not responsible for uh, can still impact us and we want to be able to have control. Uh, self-control, and so that we can submit and surrender uh, to the will of God. And so that we will look at Samson and see how uh, his anger did get uh, the best of him. And so may we learn from his lesson, learn from his tragic life, his complex life, and how we can amend our lives, that we can so grow, uh, so maturity, so that we too can learn uh, from our mistakes and learn from others' mistakes and use it as teaching moments uh, that we may demonstrate the conduct and the character uh, that reflects the God whom we love and whom we uh, serve. Uh, so with that, we want to come to God in prayer, submit our hearts to him, submit our country to him, and desperate for love and grace and mercy to win out and not let anger, hatred, animosity uh, be the leading force, but may we truly surrender for love to win. That's because love can uh, conquer all. Uh, let us turn to our God. Mighty God, we are grateful uh, that your love is everlasting, uh, that your love never loses, uh, your love never runs out. And so, Father, we're desperate for your spirit uh, to guide us, direct us as we surrender to you. Father, we have hurt, we have pain, we have suffering, we have loss, we have bereavement. Lord, we're dealing with so much, but Father, we thank you uh, that we can endure, we can go through by your strength and by your mercy. So, Father, we're asking for a word from you today to encourage us, to strengthen us. Bless us that we might see Jesus as we have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. Father, Lord, we pray. Amen. If you can open up your Bible and join us in the Bible lab and join us, uh, that we will be looking in again, Judges, the 14th chapter. Now we're in verses 10 to verses 20 uh, in the Samson story, uh, looking to him now that his parents have traveled to Timnah to find him a wife. And the agreement has been set and we're coming to the, the wedding celebration and the feast here. Uh, before we get there, we want to first just deal again the subject matter we want to talk about, not letting our anger to get the best of us. Do not let your anger get the best of you. One thing we need to understand is that what are the things that make us angry? Uh, we all call these anger triggers, right? What triggers my anger? What causes me to uh, get anger? And then also we recognize how we're getting angry. We call these anger cues, right? What are the physical signs that I'm getting angry of? My heart is beating faster, or my, my body feels warm or flush. I might grip my teeth. I might clench my fist. Uh, there's things that physically we do. We may scuff. We may roll our eyes. We may 
and furrow our brow, the things that we might do that when we get angry, where our body lets us know we're starting to get angry as we see the triggers, those things that cause us to uh, get angry. And so we're going to look for the trigger. When does Samson become angry uh, in this story? When does he show that he becomes angry? And then we're also going to look at what are the things that were leading up to cause him to get angry? Because sometimes in our lives, right, it's not uh, the last event. That when we express our anger, but the events that led up to that that cause us to get angry, right? All it might have took for someone just to bump into you, for you to scream and yell at that person, but you weren't angry because the person bumped into you. Might have been things that led up to it, right? You might have had a bad day in the office, you had, or maybe you left angry from your house, or something might have happened throughout the day. And then this person or this incident was the reason how you lashed out and showed your anger, uh, but yet they were not the cause. They were not the trigger of your anger or the initial trigger, if you will, of your anger or the initial cause uh, of your anger. And so there's times in our lives that we become angry. We might want to step back and take a moment to pause and think about why am I angry? What caused me to become angry? And then we can address that problem, address that situation, and think of better ways to handle that situation. So we're going to walk through that as we look at uh, Samson today. And, and for the 14th chapter, verses 10 to 14, we're going to learn some, some values and some beliefs about Samson. Uh, many times our beliefs and our values guide us in how we move and how we interact and how we conduct ourselves because everybody's belief and values may not line up with someone else, right? Uh, we may have core traditions, but we may not have all have the same core values or core uh, beliefs that some might believe to be on time is a good thing, while others believe maybe time is relevant. Hey, you know, when I show up is when I show up. Uh, we have all kind of different races. Some believe that, you know, I have to have all things in a sense, an order in a place. If someone says, as long as it's in place, it's okay. Everybody has their own ways of beliefs and values that they monitor on. It may, they, they may not be the same as someone else. And so we're going to look at what, we're, what do we see that we can grab? What are Samson's beliefs? What are, are his uh, values? And first one, we're going to find out that Samson values secrets. Here it is in Judges 14, chapter verses 10 through 14. The reader of God says, as his father was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a party at Timnah, as was a custom for elite young men. When the bride's parents saw him, they selected 30 young men from the town to be his companions. Samson said to them, let me tell you a riddle. If you solve my riddle during the seven days of the celebration, I will give you 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. But if you can't solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing clothing. All right, they agreed. Let's hear your riddle. So he said, out of of the one who eats comes something to eat. Out of the strong comes something sweet. Three days later, they were still trying to figure it out. Now, uh, this riddle, as you see, is built upon on his way to Timnah. He gets this idea uh, for this riddle. The setting is set uh, for the wedding feast is for seven days. Samson's bride-to-be family has selected 30 men from the community uh, to be companions uh, for the wedding. Uh, again, 
These are not Samson's friends. Again, these are not allies to the Israel. Again, the, he is fraternized with uh, the enemy. And so Samson proposes a wager uh, and a riddle to his guests. And they have the time of the feast to come up with the answer. So the setting is set. Is set. Uh, the plot is thickened with the riddle and the great wage of 30 linings. 30 for each one has to give up a garment and a linen to give to Samson while Samson is one. And so right 30 over one is our weight. But now the riddle is difficult to solve. And it's been three days. So the guests become angry and they threaten the bridal family. The plot thickens. On verse 15 of the 14th chapter, it says, On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband to explain the riddle for us, or we will burn down your father's house with you in it. That's deep. Did you invite us to this party just to make us? So now we see the men have become angry because of their frustration on an inability to solve the riddle that they now have to give up what they do not have. And so they did not request, but they came to this wedding feast and now they are in a position of losing this this vow, this riddle and then being the men of the word to keep their vow. They know they got to find a way to pay up. Uh, this debt and knowing that they're frustrated they can't pay up this debt they figure we just remove the problem by burning you and your daddy alive so they feel set up and they feel angry and they are fearful that if they can't solve this they'll become poor so therefore in their angry they threaten with violence is their is their go-to move is that they didn't negotiate did not communicate they didn't want to Realize that, okay, we can solve it. How can we just find some lending and garment? But they move straight to violence. And I want to highlight this. As I said, this is deep. Uh, this is a precursor of something that might happen again to Samson, uh, what the Philistines might do in anger towards him. And so Samson's uh, betrothed. You know, this is his wife to be. The, the marriage has not been uh, finalized yet is motivated to get an answer from her husband. So it's been four days now and three days left to come up uh, with this answer uh, to this riddle. Verses 16 and 17 says, So Samson's wife came to him in tears and said, You don't love me. You hate me. You have given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even given the answer to my father or mother. He replied, why should I tell you? So she cried whenever she was with him and kept it up the rest of the celebration. At last, on the seventh day, he told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. Then she explained the riddle to the young men. Remember, I said his belief is court system, right? Here it is. You can find one value that Samson has. He values secrets. He values something that is private. And notice that he says that I have not told you, but I even hadn't told it to my ones who have a relationship to my my mother and my father. They don't know the answer uh, to this riddle. 
And so he's pointing out there that he values keeping a secret and that he's not even he hasn't even told it to his kindred. He hasn't told it to his mother and, and his father. And so why would he tell you? And so you can see this value here. But now we also see another aspect of his sensuality and his, his love for her and, and his, his affection towards her because she was pleasing to his eye. And so now look at what she does to him. She cries every time she's with him. And so think about this, right? I'm at a wedding feast to be festive and enjoying, but yet every time you are around me and our wedding feast, you're looking sad. You're not looking happy. You're not looking excited. You're not looking jubilant. You're not looking joyous. But instead, you're looking mournful, depressed. And now this is messing with me. But notice that Samson stays strong all the way to the last day, all the way to the last moment, kind of, kind of building up to that climax, right? You could, can you understand probably in the background, right, at the pressure of the young man says, have you got the answer yet? Have you got the answer yet? If you're not, you know, we're about to burn you. We're going to get you if you don't give us what we're desiring. And so at the last moment, right at the at the last second of the at the midnight hour, she she gets the answer and gives it to the men. And they're able to give the answer and time to Samson. She she breaks. him. She breaks him down. And again, here it is. Uh, uh, Samson uh, is not angry. But Samson's value has been broken uh, that he likes to keep a secret. But he gave up the secret. He, he shared it uh, with his wife-to-be, uh, with his betrothed. But yet, uh, she decided to uh, betray his trust, and she gave the answer uh, to her fellow people, uh, to, her th- to the 30 men. She explains the riddle to them. Samson loses the wager and has to pay the debt. Judges 14 and 18 says it this way. So before sunset... Of the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson with their answer. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson replied, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have solved my riddle. Samson is angered in defeat. I notice the thirst, the language he uses. Uh, it, now, the text does not say he is angry, but notice his frustration. Notice his, his, his animosity that he points out to them that you only got the answer because you were meddling with my wife. He's pointing out that you would not have known the answer if you did not put her up to this and she broke me down. So you can see that his trust was broken. He's lost the wager. Now he has to pay the debt. And so here's the situation here again that, again, the text does not say uh, Samson has, has become angry, but you can see his frustration. You can see that he is not happy that he lost his wager. He knew that because it was something that he has done, how could they get the answer? Then he knew that he kept it to himself. They would not get the answer, but he deduced because of the pressing of his wife. He's able to put it all together. They put her up to this. That she kept on crying, saying, I don't love her and all these things. And finally, I give it to her on this day. And this is the same day they come up with the answer. Y'all wouldn't have got it if y'all weren't messing uh, with my wife. So here's what we find here in the 14th chapter, verses 19 to 20. Then the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to the town of Escalon and killed 30 men. 
took their belongings and gave their clothing to the men who had solved his riddle. But Samson was furious about what had happened, and he went back home to live with his father and mother. So his wife was given in marriage to the man who had been Samson's best man at the wedding. Now, Samson's anger uh, is mentioned here after he paid the debt, right? It says, but Samson was furious about what had happened, and he went back home to live with his father and his mother. First, I want to highlight here, the spirit of the Lord came upon him that he went to Ascalon. Ascalon is a, a city far from where they are, a port city in the Mediterranean, part of the uh, the Pentateuch, the five cities of the Philistines. So, so remember, again, this marriage, this wedding was an, a, a way for God to use to strike against the Philistines. And so here's the first blow to the Philistines. Samson kills 30 of men and takes their garments and the clothes and rewards that to 30 men that solved uh, his riddle. But yet I want to highlight here that God gave him the strength through the spirit to go forth and do this because it was a part of God's plan. It wasn't Samson's plan. Samson's plan was to have a fine, a fine wedding feast, no problems, no, hes- no hesitations, no difficulties. But yet some trials came because of his pride, because of his ego, or because of braggadocious that he wants to show off how great he is, that he had this riddle, and it backfired against him. But yet God still was able to use that opportunity to strike against the Philistines. Samson's wife was given to one of the men of the third. We're going to pick up that uh, in the in next week about what happened there and what happens again with Samson. But what I want to highlight here about his anger, that because he was angry, he did not go and see his wife. Because he, now here's the situation again. Now, remember, he goes to Ascalon. That's far away. So not only is he gone for some time, he defeats the enemy. And brings back, so that's so that's time to travel and time to come back, and then it's time to deliver to the companions, but yet he still does not go and see his wife. And so in his anger, he goes back home and spends some time there. What I want to highlight about one thing, how we, we cannot let our anger get the best of us, we have to learn to forgive. Samson had to learn to forgive his wife, but yet the text implies to us because he was angry with her, he did not go see her. So one thing about forgiving is is able to let go the pain or the hurt that someone might have caused you, the pain or the hurt that someone might have done to you. And not only can you forgive them, but also learn to forgive yourself. Uh, Samson had to learn to forgive himself because he, too, put himself in this condition because of his own responsibility and accountability that he made the riddle. Did nobody else make the riddle but him? Sometimes when we are hurt and pain, we only look at what others have done to us. And we're not looking at what was my role and my responsibility. What could I have done differently to change the situation? And so it goes two ways. Not only can you look at what somebody else has done, but yet you have to take some time to think, what did I do and what could I have done differently to change uh, the situation? 
Samson, in his anger, seemed like it had nothing to do with him. And so he just goes back home. He takes his ball and go home because he's angry of the situation. He does not want to deal with it. He doesn't want to face it. And that's another situation about how we should learn to calm ourselves down and not let the anger uh, get the best of us. Here it is that Samson, in his anger, allowed it to get him so riled up that he goes home. But we need to learn to reduce our anger. We need to learn to rather be in breathing and let it out. A time of prayer and, and meditation to be still to know that God is God. Uh, another method that we teach in, in, in anger management is counting backwards. So rather you can count down from 10 and breathe and whatever it is that you can do to help reduce your anger and, and slow your mind down so that you can think logically, that you're not thinking emotionally, that you're not going to do something you're going to later regret. Because in your anger, you're not making your best decisions. In your anger, we're making more primal decisions, or whether it be a fight or flee. And so here it is, Samson decided to flee. Instead of facing what's making him angry, he decided to go home. And so many times in our lives that we have to decide, am I going to calm myself down and face uh, what I'm angry about and try to communicate, try to negotiate, try to work it out, learn to forgive, learn to forgive myself, learn to build a bridge and have reconciliation and healing, realizing that it's a process and it takes time. But Samson decided, I'm not going to deal with any of that. I'm just going to go home. And so his burn, his anger burned. Um, and, he, and, he, and he sees this anger and he sees this expression. And so here it is that we got to pray to God many times in our lives for peace and to help us handle our anger, help us to handle our emotions so that we can truly be filled with the spirit and not of the flesh. Uh, the flesh <clears throat> is full of, of sin. And so that's why we cannot be led by the flesh, but we need to be led by the spirit. So thank God by the Holy Spirit that he can lead us and direct us. And guide us, but we must surrender to the will of the Spirit. We must surrender to the Word of God, and that's why we have to read His Word. We have to study His Word so that we can have His Word hid and hid in our heart, that we might not sin against Him. Because we see here that God's Spirit was upon Him to attack the Philistines, but notice the Spirit was not a part of Him, not going back to His wife. Notice that in His anger, it says He left. Uh, Ascalon is is part of that city's. And one thing about when we get angry and uh, and God does not want us to be angry, and let the sun go down. Ephesians 4, 26 says, and do not sin by letting your anger control you. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. So here it is that God empowered him to go and, and attack the people and to pay off the debt. And yet he he decides not to go back and marry because of his anger. He goes home. But here's the situation again about what we learn about how God does not stay angry and how we must learn not to stay angry. Psalms 103, verses 8 to 13, I read this. It says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as from the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those 
who fear him. And so I want to close as we think about how uh, Samson's anger pushed him away to whom he says he loves. But yet God's anger towards us does not push us away. But his, his, his anger towards us shows us that I'd rather not be angry. I'd rather show you my mercy. He is slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Another psalm says that the Lord does not stay angry forever, but he desires so grace and mercy. So constantly he sees that there's no, he does not remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. And so here's Samson is punishing his wife by not coming home. Samson is punishing her uh, because he's angry and he wants to go and stew in his anger for some time in his mother and father's house. But I want to encourage us that do not allow that anger fester. Do not allow that anger to control you. But take some time and say, Lord, how can I show compassion? How can I show mercy? How can I show grace like you? God, show me not only can I forgive them, but how can I forgive myself? What was my role? What was my responsibility? And when we surrender to God, then think about this, how he forgives us, how he loves us, how he's compassionate towards us, how he shows mercy towards us. And then we can put that in perspective saying, Lord, how can I show that same love, that same grace, that same mercy, that same kindness that you show me to others? And so that's my prayer, that we do not allow the anger to get the best of us, but we allow the spirit of God to rule in us, to guide us and direct us, that we might show this great love. And may we see healing in our community. May we see healing in our nation, because we're not going to let anger win out, but we're going to let love win out. We're going to let grace and mercy win out. And so this is my prayer for you. And let us pray together. God, we are desperate to see healing. Forgive us, O oh God, for times we allow our, our anger and our emotions uh, to get the best of us. We said some things that we would like to take back. We did some actions, Lord. We, we regret and we want to repent. And, Father, right now, may you change us, renew us, refresh us. And may we now be more forgiving and be more caring. May we go and identify those wrongs with someone and, and ask forgiveness right now. May we have a heart of repentance and transformation. So, Fathers, move. Move as only you can. And, Lord, we'd be so mindful to give you all the glory and give you all the praise as we're desperately healing and transformation. So begin in us and move within us so that we can be your agents of change. In Jesus' great name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. God bless you. This message encourages you. We pray that you can share this with someone, like it as well, and post it on your page. And until we meet again, know that Jesus loves you, and so do I. God bless.